Have you ever had a double or a lookalike? In the era of social media, having someone that looks like you could just be a fun coincidence. But Laura would have us believe otherwise. In the mythology of these twin strangers, tragedy could befall you if someone sees your double. Worse yet, seeing your own would mark your certain impending death. While the threat of being replaced by such an entity appears to be nothing more than a movie trope, should we all still fear the horrible possibilities of doppelgangers? Where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we'll rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies, and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we get a new, interesting, and super fun roommate in Doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> so I, I like I like seeing your reactions to those. <laughs> I read this one ahead of time, actually. Oh, and I did was you? like, that's silly. <laughs> so, Stephanie. Yes. Have you seen Doppelganger before we watched it for the podcast? Definitely not. <laughs> your face. I wish I could just <laughs> have everyone just see the look on your face right now. Just. Yeah, no. Confusion. Horrified. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> it was a weird movie just outside of the end which we will definitely talk about i just tonally the characters were bizarre they just acted strange everybody did right they just seemed off Mm -hmm. like something about everybody was just weird yes like unsettling people i don't know i can't describe it the whole thing like and everyone's interactions with each other even when they seemed well-mannered and everything were just odd. No, I can't even like phrase it. Like, was it like a dialogue choice? I don't know. I can't. I can't. I can't put my finger on it. But something just is askew. With, yes. With this movie, did you like it? It felt like it was memorable. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Unlike our last movie. Yes. This was like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> yeah, you texted me about it. You're like, you'll see. Like, was it more shocking or? About as shocking or less shocking than you anticipated based on my text message. I mean, I was like the whole time, honestly, I felt like I was 20 minutes in and I was like, I'm already really confused about what's been happening. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as confusing as it seems. It's just maybe not written that well. Yeah. I feel like it could be that because we still don't really have a clear answer as to what no. really is the issue. I, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of words at the end of this yes. that we'll discuss once <laughs> everything is revealed. Mm-hmm. Which is not revealed. <laughs> it, it, I feel like there's like 10 reveals. Yes. And you're like, pick which one fits best in your brain. And they're like, how about all of them? <laughs> <laughs> when I text you, I was like, yes, give us everything. Like, <laughs> it, it really is. Uh, yeah. But we had it ranked as an eight. I don't think this movie is particularly scary. Really? Did I you think, think the it was gore scary? at the end is Yeah, icky. I get, I guess at the very end, like the very very end. I just think it's kind of gross at times. Oh yeah. Like, at times, yeah. It's a, little, it's a little naughty at times too. Oh yeah. Oh, little naughty. Little naughty. But it wasn't particularly scary. Although I do like Drew Barrymore. But this yes. was young Drew Barrymore. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, she was super young." 
Yeah. I didn't know it was Drew Barrymore at first. Well, well, once I started watching it, but I didn't know when I picked the movie. It was oh, a Drew Barrymore yeah. movie. Yeah. I love her. And I was like, huh, yeah. I don't know about this one, but, you know, made it better, I guess. She's like, give me another supernatural drama. I need it. I don't know. It was weird. It just I would recommend it just to experience it, I feel. Yeah. Definitely. If you want to walk away from a movie with more questions than answers. <laughs> and if you uh, want to be utterly confused and potentially yeah. disappointed. But it's still kind of got all of like those fun little not fun, but like nineties nuances to it as well, too. Like I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. We just kinda of have to Watch it and decide for yourself. I know. I feel like we're just all very like, I don't know, because I could I could totally see someone either really liking this movie, but in the same breath, I could also understand someone hating this movie. Yes. Like, I could see both ways, because it's interesting. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of cheesiness, but there's also some endearing moments in the sense of, like, there was like lightheartedness in it, especially with his writer friend yes. character. Like she was kind of cool. I kind of liked her character. It's just a, an experience. I think you should definitely yeah check it out. Yeah, it definitely makes you think. <laughs> makes what, you question your what life is choices. Happening? Yeah, what are we doing here? How did we get here? <laughs> yes. Are you ready to hear some movie background? Yeah, go for it. Doppelganger, also known as Doppelganger, The Evil Within, is a 1993 American supernatural thriller film written and directed by Avi Nasher, starring Drew Barrymore and George Newbern. The film premiered at the Evoria's Fantastic Film Festival in January 1993, where it was nominated for the Grand Prize Award. I don't know what the hell that means, but it was a, an award, I guess. Oh, okay. I don't think they won it, but they were nominated. And I guess this was released on VHS on May 26, 1993 in the United States. I don't think it got a theatrical release. Really? Yeah. From what I could tell, what again, what little information I found, I don't think it was ever in theaters. But someone correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I just feel like Drew Barrymore wouldn't have or shouldn't have signed on to a VHS release. I don't know. I or really... maybe maybe they got taken away after a while. I don't know. Maybe they they were going to premiere it, but then it didn't get premiered. It was just like, released a VHS, it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Never mind. Yes. Let's just pretend this didn't happen. Right. But uh, again, I just have some fun facts because that's really all I had. Okay. On the movie. The movie was shot in 30 days, which is nothing for a movie. Right. So, fun fact. The first victim of Holly, I think it's her mom in the movie, is it her actual mom in real life. Oh, yeah. Neat. Yeah. Karen Lee Hopkins and Sarah Hickman are listed in the end credits as Psycho Slut number one and Psycho Slut number two. Respectively. They're respectively. They're characters <laughs> in the movie, and I thought that was ridiculous. Yes. Psycho Slut. Like, could you imagine? What fun. I was in this new movie. What character did you play? Oh, Psycho Slut <laughs> number two. <laughs> Not even number one. I couldn't even be the first psycho yes. slut. God. <laughs> so on Rotten Tomatoes, it does have a 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I pulled a random, well, not even random. I picked this little review that states, LOL, I love you, Drew, but seriously, WTF. 
And I'm like, I thought that was your own comment when I no. read through. I was like, fair. <laughs> uh, no, that was an actual Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> comment review, and I was just trying to find one that encapsulates how I feel about this movie. Yeah, yeah. I was right. like, yeah, that's about right. 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 That, that checks out. But 24%. Not great, but not the worst. Not the worst. We've had, definitely had a lot. I feel like 24% is way higher than anything from last season. So, Oh, no, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It is true. But Oh, well, we'll figure it out. Are you ready to dive into the plot? <laughs> Begrudgingly. Yeah. It's also short, so no problem. <laughs> <laughs> the story follows Holly Gooding, played by Drew Barrymore, obviously who moves from New York City to Los Angeles after being implicated in a murder. This opening scene is kind of crazy, honestly. Uh, yeah. I'm just, like, watching it. I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, Out of the bat, the music is super intense. Mm-hmm. We see Drew Barrymore. She's, like, got this getup on where she's, like, wearing her babushka <laughs> and, <laughs> and sunglasses. And uh, she sees another woman with babushka and sunglasses and kind of makes like a, oh, kind of sound. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was like, oh, that must be the doppelganger. Never see this woman again. No. (laughs) And then she goes to this hotel, has very, like, aggressive, weird sex against a wall with this man. It it was for a long time. It was for a long, it lingered. A little too long. Yeah, I totally forgot about that part. Yeah. Yeah, that does happen. Well, then we cut to her mom in an apartment building, a room, I don't know, saying that if she gets with the psychiatrist, we'll lose the estate or something like that or whatever. We got to take her out. And then Holly just appears and stabs her. And she does like this weird, (laughs) weird (laughs) non-fall. She's like, ah. And just has her hands out, like. <laughs> oh no! I've been stabbed. She doesn't even bother to fall down or anything. She's just like ah. And they hold it like that for a while, to the point where you're like, she should have fallen down by now. No. <laughs> but also, Holly has very sticky fingers. Did you catch that? No, I didn't. Her hands are covered in like gooey, sticky stuff. Oh. Really? I didn't yeah. notice that one in the first time. It's sticky. I saw it a couple other times where her hands looked kind of like webby. Yeah. It's mm. at the beginning. I'm like. Ew. This all happens in the matter of like the first five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like Babushka ladies. Long sex. Yes. Murder <laughs> just, of the just mother. Just to clarify, whenever Holly's doppelganger is out and about, she's usually babushka lady. <laughs> Babu- yeah. She always. Yeah. She's wearing. The babushka. But again, it doesn't make sense in the beginning because they're both wearing the babushka. So, like, hold on a second. I don't even think the other woman's really her. I think she was just startled that there was another person that looked similar to her. So the doppelganger was startled? Yeah, because she wasn't expecting her or something. Yeah, how do you like a doppelganger? Yeah, I don't know. It's It's, confusing. Yeah, it's very weird. So, anyways, that happens. And here we are. So, yeah, so now she's in Los Angeles and... She's followed by what is apparently her evil twin, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) While in Los Angeles, she finds a room for rent by a writer named Patrick Highsmith, which he's also a little uncomfy, too. Like, he's like, oh, it's modern. Like, we can be roommates and no, like, sexual implications at all. But then he makes her dinner. Yeah, at first. Okay, so I'm not a woman, so I couldn't tell you how I would feel. At first, he was like. Oh, please. Like, when he sees her, like, he really wants her to, t- like, kind of icky. Like, Yeah. But I feel like 
I don't want to say I like him because it's not quite right. I feel like he gets after a while. It's okay. He gets better, but he's also still sucks. Like he's yeah. also like he kind of redeems it. I don't know, but there's a like he's kind of icky at first. At first, yeah. yeah. But he's also like not great as a character. I don't yeah. know, but okay. I feel like nobody's really great as a character. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's that's a fair statement. So there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> and I don't know. She's like asking questions about the apartment. She's like, oh, you have a cat? Like it. Like almost all the questions sound like she's disappointed by these assumptions. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, this is Nathan. He's usually outside. <laughs> like it like just kicks Nathan outside. Like, oh, yeah, he's never been in here before. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. In like the bedroom situation, he's like, oh, I never go back in the bedrooms. You might as well have them. Yeah, there's only one bedroom and one bathroom. Yeah, yeah. And I never, I never use the bathroom or whatever. (laughs) He just shits on the floor (laughs) in the living room. He's like, (laughs) I just sleep on the couch and write. I won't even be here. And he's there all the time. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I no poo poo, no pee pee. (laughs) I just sit and write. Yes. (laughs) I don't eat. I don't sleep. Mm -hmm. So immediately after Holly moves in, she gets unpacked because, you know, she brought her suitcase along. Like, when you look at an apartment and you're just like, yeah, ready. Yeah, ready to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't have much, so why not? You I, might as well be ready at any given time. I, yeah, I You guess might so. fall into your home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the next morning, Patrick meets up with his writing buddy, Elizabeth, at a diner. And he can see Holly across the street in her babushka <laughs> and sunglasses. And he's like, oh, I never invited her but you know i might as well be nice and ask her over or something so he goes out onto the street and he's like hey we're over here come inside and then a car goes by and she's gone and uh, that trope of like a car going by mm-hmm. and then vanish yes okay yeah so there's that and he goes home after his breakfast with his buddy who turns out to be his ex-girlfriend which i didn't get that until she confronts him about it later. But. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's strange. It is strange. She doesn't give off that kind of vibe. but No, she's intense. Yeah. She talks about a million words a minute. Mm-hmm. She's silly. She has a good some good lines in there. Yeah. She's the most normal. Which is saying a lot. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> saying a lot because she's nuts. Anyway, Patrick goes home and he's like, oh, you must not have seen me. I waved at you across the street. Over at the cafe, and she's like, "That wasn't me. I don't. If you saw someone that looks like me, it wasn't me. Like, <laughs> I'm not me. I'm, not. I'm currently not me right now." <laughs> and he's like, "All right, all right." Oh, and she immediately calls somebody in New York and tells this person over the phone that, like, she's back. I don't know what she wants. It's uh, oh. Monica <laughs> from another me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Monica's the worst. So I believe it's like that night they're like cooking together and like the wind is howling outside. It's really creepy out. And they're like, let's bang on the kitchen floor today. Like, not only is it just howling outside, the window breaks open. Yeah. And and they just keep going. Clutters them with garbage. And they're like, not even important right now. That is the best sex (laughs) ever because. Obviously, you don't want to roll around in broken glass. In garbage. In trap. Yeah. yeah. But they don't care. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. So he thinks that they've elevated their relationship the next morning. And he's like, yeah, that was pretty great. And she's like, what do you mean? She's so mad. <laughs> she's like, I don't know who you're talking about. But <laughs> she's pissed. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, no, that was her. 
that wasn't me. <laughs> yep. So there's a lot of that. A lot yeah. of like, it wasn't me. It was her. You can sleep with her if you want, but she's dangerous and stuff like that. Like, like uh, what, lady? Like, so he kind of gets <laughs> weirded out by her by this point. What I think. Lady? Yeah. He's, I don't know. I mean, not turned off enough to like kick her Stop out. Stop hanging out with her. Yeah. But she says that she needs a ride to go visit her brother, who is in an insane asylum. Yeah. And Can I mention something before we get to that point? Yeah, go ahead. There's a couple parts in this movie where she has, like, a vision almost of, like, a weird creature thing that you kind of get a glimpse of every once in a while, but you're not quite sure what you're seeing. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where she's taking a shower. And then she's just, like, covered in, in blood. And, and then, then it kind of flashes to something. You're not quite sure. Like, in sure. the mirror or something. Yeah. yeah. But it's, like, not human. Right. So you're like, what do you think? Yeah. It makes no sense. Right. So I feel like that's important to tee up right now. Okay. Because just to add to the cacophony of things that are happening. Confusion. There's Yeah, there's that. That <laughs> happens a couple times. So Yeah, there's a couple instances, too. And. She kind of like bounces back and forth a lot too from being very like sexually fluent and open to mm-hmm. being like this like mousy kind of girl with a sweater and glasses on and stuff like that. Yeah. So at first you're like, oh, it's obvious like her her doppelganger is like very uh, slutty and a psycho. <laughs> She's the psycho number one, like yeah, <laughs> psycho that's... slut number one. Like, but then. It just gets weirder from there, honestly. It's not It's not exactly that. Right, yeah, because the characterization of Holly, as you know her, is not always consistent. Yeah. So I don't know you if You never that... really know which one's the real right. Holly. And I yeah. don't know if that was done purposefully or if it was just bad writing again. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep blaming things on bad writing, but I don't know if... I don't know. Didn't feel right. <laughs> no, because when they were, like, banging on the floor... Like, there was nothing indicating that she was any different than the Holly we already knew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only difference is, and maybe it's their intention to keep the audience guessing, because every time we see her, it's like, who is she going to be at this time? Yeah. And sometimes she switches, like, (laughs) mid-scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So he offers to give her a ride to this asylum that her brother is being kept because he's been accused of killing her father. And she's like, oh, but it's not it's not like what you think. It, he has a double, too. Oh, <laughs> oh good. Yeah, because that's, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah, that- yeah. And she, at the time, thought that she saw him killing her dad, but it was really her brother's double. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. Convince us. Delusions. Convince us. So there's all this. And at one point, Elizabeth gets invited to, like, some sort of party and takes Patrick with her. And for some reason, Patrick brings Holly. They're dating now. No, he introduces her as the roommate and everyone's, j- like, joking. boring. Yeah, bo- boring. <laughs> boring roommate. And she just... And then she decides, like, we should dance. And she goes and dances with Patrick for, like, a minute. And then all of a sudden, she's really feeling herself. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, wow, she's not so boring. We like her. And she sees somebody spill wine on themselves and gets, like, a flashback to her mom going, ah! And she got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> and just starts screaming. And at this party, too, it's important. 
Patrick runs into a man that wants his help writing something because he he's not really employed at this moment. He's just working on his own mm-hmm. writing, trying to get recognized. Right. After this party, he takes Holly back to the apartment, and for some reason, he steps outside, and some man like pulls him into the adjoining apartment. Oh, he gets a phone call. Oh yes, they're yes. like, I want. What do they want? Some of us writing. Yeah. He gets basically tricked into going outside. Right. And somebody pulls him into another apartment and he's like, Do you know who Holly is? Like, are you are you fucking her? Like <laughs> It's like you know, like a very stereotypical characterization of like a detective. FBI, yeah, uh, like, detective. Police. But well, not police, it's a yeah. detective. But <laughs> <laughs> he said something really weird too. He was like, She scratches. She'll lick your Balls or yeah, something. Yeah. You you scratch her back, she licks your balls or something. <laughs> okay. Like, wow. Okay. I mean, that did happen in the kitchen floor the other day, but like. How would you know? Yeah. <laughs> fucking detective. Yeah. Out of nowhere, but they're on the lookout for Holly. Yeah. So this detective man, this random dude, I don't even know his name, tells him that they're investigating her for her mother's murder. So he's like, oh, no, she a murderer? Like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. By that time, he's too attached to her and doesn't want her to go to jail. So when her brother, Fred, is attacked and she wants more as a suspect, he decides he is going to get to the bottom of it no matter what. So she's, like, placed under, like, psychiatric arrest or something. Like, they, like, restrain her and yeah. take her out of there mm-hmm. because— we cut to a scene at the hospital, and she approaches the front desk in her babushka and her sunglasses, and she's like, I need to see my brother now. They're like, visiting hours are over. She's like, but I got to leave. It's important. I got to see him now. No, you can see him after yeah, <laughs> visiting hours tomorrow. And she tries to pay off the person. They say no still. And later on, we see her break into his room and stab him. A lot. A lot, a lot. He apparently lives, though. Yeah. Which I don't know how. He should not have yes. survived yes. that. Yeah, so there's all this. Holly is on the run at this point. I don't really remember how he gets her out. Like, she's taken in under psychiatric arrest. Oh, and then her psychologist comes into the picture yeah. and explains to Patrick how Holly has multiple personality disorder. And she understands it more or less as doppelganger, not really what's going on up here. Right. Yeah. So he gets her out on psychiatric release, I guess, to take her back to New York. But when she comes back to the apartment to collect her things and Elizabeth and Patrick are just like packing up their things, they're like, we're going to get away from this bitch. Like, yeah, she crazy. Well, mainly Elizabeth's like, let's get away. Mm -hmm. Patrick sees that she has hidden a bloody knife in the apartment and he's like, Oh no, this is this is my problem. I'll take care of it. Yeah, Elizabeth's like, what are you doing? Right. Like, why are you protecting this lady? Yes. And then Holly comes by to collect her stuff and then ends up wanting to stay at the apartment despite her therapist orders. And I'm like, but you got her out of jail. Like I feel like she's your responsibility now. Even if she did want to stay, it's not really possible for her to stay at this point yeah but whatever eventually it all culminates with holly going to meet her evil double at her old family's estate she receives a call and is told that no harm will come to her if she comes alone but if she brings patrick she'll kill him dead yes 
So she goes up to this old house that they used to live in in L.A. when they were children where her father died. And her evil twin subdues her mm-hmm. and just, like, carries her over onto the couch. <laughs> She's strong. Yeah, she's very strong. So at this point, you're like, okay, it's not just her with two personalities. Yeah, she's but, definitely at least being stalked by somebody who looks like her. Yeah, this is the, the first, very least. Yeah, this is the first confirmation of that, yes. this whole movie. Yes. So she's placed on this couch, and she's all passed out now because she's been injured. And Patrick arrives shortly after. And starts to fight with the evil double. And he ends up pulling off a wig and a mask, revealing it to be her psychiatrist. And also, while he walked past certain places in the building, he saw other skin suits of mm -hmm. people that he had interacted with, like the detective and the guy that was interested in his writing at the party. And even Holly's father, which he thought might have also been behind the Holly doppelganger yeah. situation. So he he comes in and out every once in a while to chase Patrick around. And <laughs> yeah. So we're led to believe now at this point that it was this guy in a mask that is realistic enough to look just like a person. Yeah. No. And very confusing too, because like Patrick slept with this Holly, we're assuming, at this point. Exactly. So never any realizations there. Right. This uh, is totally normal. Looks just like a real person, not a mask. Yeah. At this point, you're like, okay, what the hell? Yeah. So it's it's different. <laughs> That's the word for it. So Dr. Heller, the psychiatrist, reveals that he treated Holly several years ago and then was seeing her on the side for several years and has convinced her that her alternate personality is to blame for murdering her mother, who was planning to kill Holly for her money. So it was Holly who killed her. The alternate the personality did, or at least according to the psychiatrist, right. but then that would mean the psychiatrist killed the mom. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I have confusion. <laughs> and also having used a variety of disguises and latex masks to impersonate Holly and numerous other figures in Patrick's investigation in order to gaslight Holly as well as Framer for additional murders. Just because he wants to have access to Holly forever. So even if she's arrested. Because he's like, Holly's the most beautiful woman ever. And gotta have her. He's obsessed. Great. Cool. But uh, wait. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> if you haven't figured this out. There's way there's more. There's more questions there's more. to the problem. <laughs> so just as Dr. Heller is about to kill Patrick, Holly undergoes a bizarre supernatural transformation in which she splits into two partially unformed beings one of which knocks the other one unconscious and kills Dr. Heller. The that, creature looks like it's about to kill Patrick, but spares him and remerges with the other creature to reform into Holly. They come out of like a worm-looking yeah. thing at one point. Okay, so... And it's just like gooey, yeah. a lot of ick. If you've seen the original Hellraiser, for those of you who've seen it, when Frank is reforming into himself... This is what it looks like. It's gooey. She's like, her body's like twisting, mm-hmm. first of all. So she's like, looks like a screw. <laughs> yeah. It's covered in slime. The slime that's like on the hands. Oh, yeah. Throughout we, the movie. The that cobwebby we hands. Yeah, that's what that is. Them. 
And then she splits into like this, it's like really skinny skeleton with muscle. It looks like muscle almost. No skin. They look like Mars Attacks. Yeah, a little bit. A little. A little bit. But it's like, who the fuck is this now? This isn't a doppelganger because there's two equal gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But to your point, she twists. It's like this giant worm and then they break out of the worm. And then there's two creatures. And apparently one knocked the other unconscious for some reason because they were like, I got this. Like. I don't know. Who are you people? So that's like her real doppelganger. But do you, you know what? When I advertise this episode, I want to show pictures of this thing. Yeah. (laughs) Because nothing we say will do this justice of Mm -hmm. what this thing looks like. Honestly, (laughs) everyone has homework tonight. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I don't want to be that teacher. But to understand the sheer insanity of this movie. You have to go watch it. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have to watch it. At least the last 10 minutes, you will you won't understand anything, but it doesn't matter because you're going to end the movie. Not understanding not understanding anything, anything anyway. anyways. So at least watch this clip of her transforming <laughs> into two creatures. Like, okay, as crazy and unbelievable as it was for this guy to be wearing masks and shit. Mm-hmm. Even more so unbelievable. This that she's two creature pales things. in comparison yeah. to what just happened. Yeah. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, and she just like reemerges back into Holly right as the police get there, and they wake up recovering in the hospital. And Holly, this whole time, had this little music box that she was given by her father, and it's not that great. <laughs> it's not that great of a song either. No. It's just constantly playing. And he opens it for her and it plays and he goes back to sleep and she wakes up and like pushes it off the table, breaking it. Bye. I don't know if in all of the conversations, but I thought the doctor, I think at one point, the crazy psychiatrist <laughs> at one point said that the brother came in on Holly being touched by their dad. Oh. I thought that was something that they said. That. Maybe I've been watching too much Law and Order SVU, but I think that's the only reason I can make sense of her breaking this box because it's tied to her dad somehow. I don't know. I don't know. You know that's really the end, though. You know what we didn't mention? Hmm. And I don't even remember why she was a thing. The ex nun who <laughs> runs a sex hotline. Yeah. He goes and visits her for whatever reason. And she's like. Because she's got the scoop on doppelgangers for some reason. And she's like, you got to defeat it with love. Only love can suppress the doppelganger or something and keep both individuals happy. And that doesn't come into play ever. No. Well, I guess because Patrick loves her. I don't know. It doesn't even really resolve it. Patrick never says that they're dating. <laughs> they're just roommates. Yeah, they are just roommates. <laughs> just fun roommates, you know? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't even remember, like, that. I remember that scene. But yeah. I'm like, why is he even visiting her? Why is there an ex nine who's doing that? <sighs> yeah. And even at one point, too, his writer friend, like, confronts him. Like, is the sex really that good to be helping this girl, like, evade the law? And, and tells him that, you know, like, she's been pining after him, like, since they broke up. And I was like, oh, I didn't know you guys were together. So, all right. 
The end. Yeah, the whole thing. The end. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't, no. I don't get it. So it's like, again, which ones was the guy in the mask? Which, who was... Because the only thing I could think of when she splits into two creatures, like maybe she needs some time to form into two separate beings. And then, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. like, again, she shot shots with, like, in the very beginning, she has a gooey slime on her hand, mm-hmm. which could indicate that she split. Mm-hmm. But that's Holly. Like, that's not a weird creature. Right. So who knows? I don't know. Make up your own guesses. Yeah. <laughs> really. And I can't even really diagnose her as a doppelganger based on, like, what I've heard of other doppelgangers being and stuff like that. It's not like all doppelgangers look like you but then also transform into little multi-creatures that come out of worms. <laughs> <laughs> come out of worms. Large, large worms. I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah, go watch it. Yeah. Would you like to hear about doppelganger lore? I don't know if I could take much more. Yes. There's no worms. There's no, thank God. Doppelganger lore is a fascinating subject that has captivated people's imaginations for centuries. The concept of doppelgangers or doubles of individuals can be found in various mythologies, folklore, and literary works around the world. Origins and cultural variations. The concept of doppelgangers can be traced back to ancient folklore and mythology. Different cultures have their own interpretation and variation of doppelganger lore. For example, in German folklore, a doppelganger is believed to be an exact physical double of a person, often considered an evil omen or a harbinger of death. In Norse mythology, a similar concept exists with the term vorder, which refers to a guardian spirit that takes the form of a person's double. So is that one good? Um, Most of them, at least what I've seen when it comes to lore, is it's always a bad omen or naughty. a symbol that someone's going to die. They're naughty. Yes. Naughty. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Supernatural and mysterious nature. Doppelgangers are often associated with supernatural or paranormal phenomena. They are believed to possess uncanny abilities and have an otherworldly presence. In some legends, doppelgangers are said to have the power to mimic the appearance, voice, and even the actions of their human counterparts. This ability to imitate can lead to confusion, fear, and even danger of those who encounter them. <laughs> this movie led to confusion, fear, and, <laughs> and danger, danger to me, <laughs> yeah. to my psyche. Yes. Omens of death and misfortune. In many cultures, doppelgangers are considered to be omens of death and misfortune. Seeing one's own doppelganger is often believed to be a sign that the person's death is imminent. In some cases, the doppelganger is said to be a malevolent entity that seeks to harm or replace its human counterpart. These beliefs have contributed to the eerie and unsettling reputation of doppelgangers in folklore. Doppelgangers have been a popular theme in literature, particularly in gothic and horror genres. You don't say. (laughs) Yeah. Here we are on our horror podcast. Uh, Hello. Authors have used doppelgangers to explore themes of identity, duality, and the dark side of human nature. One notable example is Robert Louis Stevenson's novella, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where the character of Mr. Hyde can be seen as a doppelganger of Dr. Jekyll, representing his evil hidden side. I never thought of that before, Mm -hmm. but I could see it now that you say it. Yes. Doppelgangers have also made their way into popular culture and media. They have been featured in movies, TV shows, and books, often adding a sense of mystery and suspense to the storyline. For instance, the Star Trek franchise has explored doppelganger stories, such as the character lore, 
an evil twin of the android lieutenant commander data. Psychological interpretations. Beyond the realm of folklore, mythology doppelgangers have also been interpreted from a psychological perspective. Some psychologists suggest that the concept of doppelgangers may be related to the human fear of the unknown and the uncanny. Seeing one's own double can evoke feelings of unease and challenge one's sense of self-identity. In summary, doppelganger lore encompasses a range of beliefs and interpretations surrounding the concept of doubles or lookalikes of individuals. It has roots in ancient folklore and mythology and has been explored in literature, popular culture, and even psychological studies. Doppelgangers are often associated with supernatural phenomena, omens of death, and themes of identity and duality. The lore surrounding doppelgangers continues to intrigue and captivate people's imaginations to this day. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, if I had a doppelganger, I think I'd be fine because that bitch is going to be lazy. You're going to be like, you know what, whatever. You're going to be complacent. <laughs> Your doppelganger would be lazy? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you think so? I think so. We'd be like, whatever. We just look at each other like, you want to die? I don't know. Do you want to die? Nah. <laughs> I think I'd be fine. We'd be yeah. chilling. Yeah. I think a way to solve the whole doppelganger situation is be like, you want to be a part of my life? You want to be my, like, Sister, brother situation? Like, besties. Have you ever seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Bits and pieces. Okay. So at the very end, well, do you know about Nega Scott? Do you remember that? He has that like shadow version of himself that like shows up every once in a while. No. Okay. Well, there's this like negative version of Scott who like tries to fight him. And at the very end, the final boss is him. And they're about to fight, or at least you think they're about to fight, and it cuts to everyone outside waiting for them to finish. And they both come out, like, shoulder and shoulder. They're just chatting. And Scott's like, yeah, he's a cool guy. <laughs> that's all you need to do is just befriend your doppelganger. Exactly. I think that's all really us wanted as well, too. Right. Yeah. Maybe stop assuming it means you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just want a friend. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're tired of being the lesser you, again, with mm-hmm. us. Yes. Yeah, because one of the lines that Addie said that, or read, and us said that, I think about, like, how without you I would have never danced, but I think about how you could have taken me with you rather than just taken over my life. Yeah. So I think outside of this episode being a clusterfuck, something you could take out of it is if you see your doppelganger, just be friends. Mm -hmm. So you're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate it. You can follow us on social media at 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we will see you next week. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why do you gotta kill me? Because you're my doppelganger. <laughs>